Hello and welcome to the Mind Body Free podcast. I am your host, Abigail Moss. I am here with my friend Jeanette Lee. And I met Jeanette many years ago when we were studying shamanic Chinese medicine and medical Qigong together. And it's been so fun to go in our own directions. And I kind of really dove into the world of shamanic healing. And Jeanette is amazing at Chinese energetic medicine and supporting people with with physical conditions. And I'm really excited to introduce you to her today because she is just a wealth of information, so much knowledge, and just so lighthearted and fun to connect with. And she's been working with me in the mentorship program. She's been helping the students connect with their energy field, strengthen their energy field through Qigong, through different energy treatments and she's helped me so much she just kind of showed up as like this angel who saw one of my posts on Facebook saying hey I'm going through all of this candida stuff and she reached out and she said hey I'm I want to work with you I want to do sessions with you and I was like yeah that would be great and so it's been a huge difference I've been doing these specialized exercises she's given me we've done lots of one-on-one sessions together and I'm regaining my energy bit by bit and feeling so much better about life and my body and everything. And it's just so nice to have her in the community, to have her support me personally, and also to have her in the mentorship supporting our lovely students there. So welcome, Jeanette. Thank you for being here. Thanks, Abby. <laughs> so <nice>. You're welcome, <laughs> my friend. Um, <laughs> so... Can you give me a little bit of background about you? I know that you had mentioned kind of you grew up learning about herbs and food as medicine and creating balance in the body. Like, can you tell me a little bit about your background? It's, I grew up in a very traditional Chinese family and in traditional Chinese families, herbs and energy and uh, like Chinese medicine, it's almost part of your daily life because whatever you eat has to be for the season, for certain conditions. So just as an example, my mother always cooked soup. Like she would literally, it's called boil herbal soup in Chinese. And it would be depending on the season. It would be depending on if somebody was sick with the flu or the cold in the house, she would make specific soups, say with astragalus and various other roots and goji berry, etc. And that's to support the health of her children and her family. If we, for example, were eating out, we always ate out in Chinese restaurants. There was no such thing as eating at McDonald's for us. <laughs> we were a staunch Chinese family. So of course, When you eat in Chinese restaurants, the food is always really rich. So there's a term in Chinese, it's called, I'll say it in Cantonese, it's called eat hay. So she would always, if we ate in a Chinese restaurant and we brought leftovers home in little baggies and we ate that for a day or two, she would always make another dinner afterwards that would address that richness in the diet to help your body balance so it's it's part of it is part of the traditional meal, mm-hmm. and um, of course, if you're helping in the kitchen, all the kids had to help in the kitchen. You had to learn about preparation of foods 
and what goes with what and what you should never have. Like, for example, you never put garlic in Chinese really? soup. Never, ever, ever. It's a bad oh, thing. I did not know that. <laughs> Sometimes you put ginger in, but not very mm -hmm. often. If it's a warming soup, you use ginger. Um, but honestly, you never use really acrid vegetables mm -hmm. in mm -hmm. soups at all because they're they're overstimulating and they're not mm -hmm. calming. They um, also affect your lungs in certain mm -hmm. ways. So there's, I mean, you only learn this if you're growing up in a Chinese family and you, you're in the kitchen basically cooking or chopping. In my case, I chopped everything. <laughs> yeah, I was on food prep duty. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. I wish I had, can we have, can we all have a one of your mom? <laughs> that would be so incredible growing up. And the fact that you made a second meal to address the richness of the going out meal that's just that's a dedicated woman that's beautiful i don't know if in today's world there are chinese families are as traditional or as observant mm -hmm. with their with what their dietary intake is as because it's really cultural it's very much cultural mm -hmm. um and it's like it goes with the seasons or it goes with the month for example, in the springtime, it's liver foods that you would eat. So you would eat lots of fresh uh, greens, especially brassicas, green brassicas because of the vitamin C and some of the other antioxidants and everything that are really good for your liver. There's other things that you probably do uh, for your liver. And I'm not sure. I think it's called golden thread. Not sure. But that's another thing that you would eat. There are also other things like um, helping to balance or clean your liver out. So, What kind of things would you do to help balance or clean out your liver? Because I, I know the springtime is the liver season. So yeah. along with eating the greens and the brassicas, what could you do to help your liver? In the Western diet, I would say, and Western herbs, I would say every morning when you get up, first thing you do is you drink a glass of water, a full glass of water. Sometime during the day, you should probably drink um, water with lemon juice, maybe a quarter or a half of lemon juice. In, and just from my own learning experience, you should always drink lemon juice with a straw so that you don't damage your teeth and strip. I have also out. had that learning experience, unfortunately. <laughs> This is my dentist saying, never drink lemon juice. Drink it out yeah. of the straw. Oh, yeah. uh, my enamel have taught me that lesson. <laughs> yeah. So other herbs that you could actually, dandelion greens in fresh mm -hmm. salads um, or even lightly steamed because actually fresh salads aren't the greatest for you based in Chinese medicine. You should always have things warm, slightly warm or cooked um, because it does harm, it, it harms your spleen. So when I say green, when you eat greens, you should probably just have them really lightly steamed. If you, if you like having mm -hmm. salads, then that way it'll just slightly wilt them and then you can still have dressing and everything nice. on them. Western herb, herb that's really good for your liver is milk mm -hmm. thistle. That's another one that actually helps to clean and support your liver. Nice. nice. So 
tending to avoid like raw vegetables that's hard on the spleen. So the spleen and the stomach are connected. So the spleen's kind of all about digestion. And then I think I've heard it before is kind of like it's a cauldron, like a digestive fire. So if we put like icy cold water in, it's gonna, it's not gonna work as well. Is that right? Yeah. It it slows it it actually shocks the spleen mm-hmm. and it shocks the stomach to have cold cold things in their stomach and when you hit cold things contract Mm -hmm. so and then the juices don't flow Mm. so things what they say in Chinese medicine is is that it damages this the actual spleen chi Mm -hmm. itself so once your spleen chi starts to lower it causes all sorts of problems in the body Mm -hmm. So once your spleen chi deficient, typically you the spleen is the the organ system that controls the muscles. So once your spleen deficient, you'll find that your muscles will weaken. You may have extreme deficiencies. You may actually have diarrhea, or on the other hand, your stomach energy may tend to because the spleen's not there anchoring it your stomach energy may tend to flare up. So then you have acid reflux, you have constant burping. Other things that may happen is dampness. It can actually, because the spleen chi is unable to move, dampness may start creeping into the body. Can you describe what dampness is? Dampness is, it's the liquids in your body and they're different from what you would think they are for example if you were to just scrape your skin just skin yourself you'll see just a not deep enough to to hit the blood layer but just on the surface you'll see a little bit of liquid that comes out of there that's part of the body system of of, uh, liquid you also get dampness in terms of your tissues holding a little bit of excess liquid or water You'll have dampness that accumulates because there's not insufficient chi to move that water or that mm-hmm. liquid. And and as, as soon as water or liquid stays in one spot, then it tends to, I guess the term might be coagulate or it will lose and it will thicken with extreme dampness. It will turn to phlegm and phlegm is actually the root of many many issues in the body, including arthritis, gout, and and even cancers. Yeah. Yeah. Dampness is one that I've been working with and it is a mofo to (laughs) clear out. It takes longer than the other ones. (laughs) It takes a long time. It can take, you know, years to to clear Mm -hmm. dampness and it takes a long time to bring bring your spleen energy back up naturally. And, and dampness, and by the way, when we say chi, we're talking about energy. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and so dampness is, would be one of the pathogenic factors, I believe it's referred to. And it and there's so there's there's dampness, there's dryness, there's heat, wind, cold, and then is there dry heat? Is that the other one? Um, actually, I can't remember. There's wind. <laughs> <laughs> there's five, right? <laughs> Maybe yeah, damp, cold, heat wind 
dry dryness yeah. I think yeah yeah and so it's and so there's those are kind of like different descriptors to of a way the body can be imbalanced and I've heard it described as kind of Chinese medicine is different in one of the ways it's different than Western medicine is that it looks at like the body as a garden and it's not so much about the individual part of the body but looking at it holistically and how do we bring it back into balance is that would that be how you would view it or would you change that description no that's that's a perfect description your body's it's a garden or it's an environment within itself an ecosystem Mm -hmm. and your organs all work together um and organs have channels that run through your entire head to toe and channels are attached to organs. So the specific channels will have specific energy flows up or down from the organs. Mm-hmm. Um, and if one organ is out of whack, another organ will eventually become weakened because the energy cycle from, from within your organs, each organ provides energy to another set of organs Mm -hmm. and that's the cycle it's the um five element cycle or the five phase cycle within the organs so if one fails then the next one will eventually fail and then because that one fails a third will fail and then you know the whole cycle when you're deficient for example if you're yin deficient um there that will create other issues in terms of um, excess yang excess or or if you're yin deficient there you could actually hit burnout and become yang deficient and you know there's all sorts of different um, um, I guess what they would call syndromes mm-hmm. happening mm-hmm. so yeah yeah and and with you mentioned like with the five elements working together so each organ is paired to a different element and they all work together as a cycle and each one is um, essential in that cycle so when one goes offline or doesn't work properly then all of the other ones feel it and eventually the other ones start suffering as well Um, yeah yeah so do you find that there's common conditions that you see a lot of there's like patterns that you see with what's going on people that you work with yeah actually the most common i think and most likely because i work more with women than with men although i you know i have long-term male clients that i work with and see every week but in terms of in women the the one that i see quite often is spleen chi deficiency yin deficiency um, and yang or liver yang excess. Um, and that also impacts their monthly cycle tremendously. Um, if you don't have the, the chi to move and your liver chi is not moving, or if it's, if it's flaring upwards, then it will throw your cycle off completely we were working on that together. So you were helping me with that because that was throwing my cycle off. Well, it like since my whole life, but (laughs) actively working on it now because I I had just been on birth control pills from the time I was like 14 to 32. 
which, you know, incidentally can absolutely contribute to candida overgrowth, which I've been dealing with lately. Um, so for me, I probably had that condition even when I was a kid, you know, or when I was younger, this like spleen sheet deficiency, um, yin deficiency. I remember being a little kid and being tired. I remember having passed out at one time. Um, I remember like having a sensitive stomach with food. So is this something that people could be born with or is it something they usually develop or a combination? There is, from what I've read, I actually worked with a fellow a couple of years ago who, who had stomach issues and, and he was extremely spleen chi deficient and he had loose bowels, diarrhea, undigested food. And he asked me the same question. And I, at that point, I didn't know if it was something that was hereditary that was passed down in, in like in Chinese, they call it Jing Mm -hmm. or the essence. Um, But one day his little boy came in um, and I think at that point he was five years old and we were just joking. I was playing with him. I got him up on the table and I was tickling him. And, and then I said, is there a butterfly that, and I, at that point I tuned into his energy and I said, is there a little butterfly that's flipping around in your stomach? And he said, yeah, it's always there. And I said, hmm, do you sometimes have diarrhea and you feel really tired? And he said, yeah. So at that point, I realized he had pretty much the same thing as, as his dad, hmm. but at a very, at a much younger age and not as developed. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess it, in hindsight, I would say yes, that things like that can be inherited. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's a good insight to feel into that. And you mentioned feeling into his energy. And so that's something that you do because you, you do Chinese energetic medicine treatments one-on-one with people. So what is that like when you work with their energy? Like, what is that process like? When I work with people hands-on, it's much different because I'm very much more present and I'm very physical and I touch them and I'll, I'll palpate into different points and I'll push, I'll literally pulse energy through them. So it's much more physical material type of treatment. Um, I do go off into their outer energy fields and work in their outer energy fields because there'll be different things happening. There may be inconsistencies that I need to bring through the body. But uh, for the most part with COVID, um, I do all of my treatments by distance. So what happens there is I connect with the client on Zoom and I'll be all assessed and I'll talk to them. And, um, and then we go into the treatment. The client will lay down and I will actually bring their energetic form onto my table and I'll work with their energetic form. I'm able to connect to them um, by stepping into their body so I can feel what is happening. And at some points I can see or I can hear or I I can feel pain or imbalances. I can see light and dark and colors. So that really gives me an indication of what's going on and where the where they need 
you know, purging or if they need tonification or if they need energy blockages cleared or, for example, constrictions. Um, constrictions are really interesting to feel into when you're working on someone um, in distance because I literally get into their body and go like this. It's like trying to pull a constriction open. Yeah. (laughs) And (laughs) constrictions typically are not easy. They they never go away in one treatment because it's almost like it has memory. Mm. So like the the, the muscle memory, but energetic memory. yeah. Yeah. So it's like habituated to this, constricted energy flow so time after time I literally have to just kind of keep opening Mm -hmm. and it may take three four five um, sessions it depends on where the constriction is also depending on the client I will ask them to help me during the session because if the client actually can do it with me it's much more effective Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so and it clears much more easily it's literally, you know, having the person that's laying there go into, for example, if there's a constriction down their middle cavity by the heart space, I'll just have them go down, sink into that space and just literally make room. Or if there's something there, I'll ask them to move it. Mm-hmm. And quite often they're able to do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I found that too. And if, if they work with you, they can move you can move your own energy so effectively with, with some guidance and yeah. And you're working together then (laughs) (laughs) two two sets of energy instead of one. (laughs) Well, it's really important in treatments that the client take an active role during the treatment. It's it's really good. If if there is something like that, that comes up, if they can actually help me clear it Mm -hmm. or help me open up a blockage or, remove a thing that shouldn't be there, then it actually will happen much more quickly mm-hmm. than if I actually work on it and try and remove something. It takes me probably two to three times longer to yeah. uh, work through it. So what drew you into this kind of work? What called you towards doing this? My brother had passed away from cancer and it was a it was a hard time because he was in the hospital for months and he was on chemo and, you know, he was telling us that he was seeing things and these things were giving him different messages and he would have conversations and everybody else, everybody thought he was crazy or it was the result of the chemotherapy. But I actually, knowing what I know now, I think he was talking to his guides. Mm. What kinds of things was he seeing or describing? Um, he would be in his hospital room and he would see like just little, he didn't really describe what they looked like, but small, I wouldn't even call them people, but small creatures or entities or something. Mm-hmm. And one of them told him that he wasn't going to die right now. So mm-hmm. not to worry. And he lived for five months and he was diagnosed with stage five metastatic cancer, which was in his nervous system and his, in the, the fluid around his brain and everything. And eventually it did go into his brain. But essentially, you know, the, the uh, chemotherapy he went through was trying to get him more weeks so that he could get everything organized. But 
he ended up having more months. Like we were, he was released from the hospital and was able to spend time at home mm. with his family and everything. So, mm. so it was just messages like that. You're not going to die immediately. Take the time, take a breath mm -hmm. and just get things organized. Some other things about, you know, being able to pass on and not to worry because death is not the end. That there is a constant life afterwards. That sounds like, so, yeah, he definitely had this connection with something, a different yeah. a different world than this physical one we're normally living in. Did you feel that it was his guides at that time? Or what was that like for you hearing that then? I wasn't anywhere as sensitive. And I at that point, I didn't know what a guide was. Mm -hmm. Like it was all out there for me. I think the thing that made a huge impact on me was the day that he passed. My brother and I were sitting in the waiting room. And we both knew we passed because mm -hmm. um, we had his energy came through right almost at the yellow court region. Like the solar plexus just, area. Yeah, the solar plexus. His energy came through and I immediately knew it was him. And he basically wanted to say thank you. And at the same time I had it, my brother who was sitting beside me had it except that my brother gave him an extra one of those big hugs from the back, <laughs> lifted him up. <laughs> uh. so, so that was kind of an eye-opener. And my first, well, not my first, I think I've had brushes with things that I didn't understand before that, but that was the first real tangible thing where somebody beside me felt the same thing. Hmm. So it was more real. So what got me into Qigong uh, or Chinese energetic medicine was a friend of mine was heading to Vancouver to take a medical Qigong course. And she basically said, you want to go? And I went, I don't even know what it is, but sure. <laughs> Why not? I thought it was like, I thought it was like a Tai Chi course or something. <laughs> Little did you know. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's how I, that was my introduction. <laughs> Wow. I guess it was the right time in your life. It feels like the universe just kind of handed this or maybe your guides just like, hey, this is next. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think everything happens for a reason. Since then, I really have taken an interest. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Every time I talk to you, you're like, oh, I'm doing this new Qigong set. I've been doing this meditation. Like it's like, <laughs> it's inspiring. It's you know if someone has found what they're meant to be doing when they just live and breathe it, you know, for fun. <laughs> it's called, I'm one of these people who need to figure it out. And if I can't figure mm. it out, I take, I learn more and more or take more and more courses. Great way to grow. <laughs> You're so knowledgeable about it. And it's curiosity behind it all. It's amazing how much there is behind this. Mm -hmm. Oh, it feels like it's endless. Yeah, it, it's not just chi. It, there's so much behind the practice and the traditions behind it. Mm -hmm. And it's so powerful. Like, it's just amazing. <laughs> That's all I can say. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it's it's one of those things that, like, when I'm doing Qigong... I mean, lately I've been doing these liver and spleen exercises that involve stretching my tendons. So... You know, it doesn't feel like soft, flowy, Tai Chi kind of in the park sort of vibe. It's like me shaking and moaning and <laughs> <laughs> like 
like getting hot and flesh in the face. It's not pretty, but like, I know it's working. That's working things out of my system. I feel great after, but a lot of it too, it is very gentle. And to think about how much of a return in well-being you get for how gentle it can seem where like, oh, you're just standing there and meditating and moving breath in different directions, or you're just moving your hand down here and imagining and tending the energy goes this way. Like it can seem like magical or even made up, like how am I really doing stuff? But then you feel phenomenally different. So there's something to it. And I, this is the work I do too. So I don't, I'm no longer someone who doubts, but for a while I would just be like, wow, I don't have to go work out or do this invasive procedure. All I have to do is just like gentle movement and breath and intention practice and what a difference it makes. Yeah. And as you're talking about how it looks like you're not doing it, a good example is play chin return to spring set because you're literally, you can stand, you can sit or you can sit cross-legged and you hold your hands in one position. And uh, if somebody was looking at you from the outside, it's like, how is that actually healing you? <laughs> I just think you're meditating, but there's a lot going on. Like there's an inner alchemy happening. Yeah. The energy movement is just phenomenal. And the flow that you can feel just by directing your hands in a tent position in front of your chest. And if you're focused and your hands are in the right position, it, the flow is amazing. And that's all clearing out and sending energy down to your kidneys. <laughs> And a lot of people need energy in their kidneys, mm -hmm. I believe. A lot of women I've worked with, myself included, those are the battery banks of the body. They are too. And in today's world, the kidneys are actually, most people are kidney deficient, likely both yin and yang deficient because of the world we live in. There's the go, 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 get yeah. up and drink coffee, push, push, push. Yeah. And the way we relax is to go home and watch TV, but all that visual stimulus it's not putting chi into you, it's pulling chi out of you. And it's getting your emotions and your senses going. So you're actually not relaxing by watching television. So what would be a simple way that you could support your kidneys and replenish them? I think the most highly effective way is to do the kidney set from the return to spring. Mm -hmm. That's my go-to when I'm tired. And there's obvious signs when you're deficient. Like you have um, an ache in the heel, you can't, or it's difficulty falling asleep. You start forgetting things. Uh, there are some indications in the eyes mm -hmm. that also tell that you're kidney deficient. What would your eyes look like if you're kidney deficient? You have a bit of shadowing under the eyes. That's what I would say is for me, when I look at somebody, the best indication. Lower back, sore lower back is another one in the morning. That's a really good identifier of deficiency. Well, that's something that happens a lot with women during their menstrual cycle too, yeah. like the sore lower back. And so would that be more taxing on the kidneys for women at that time of month? Yeah. It's the yin deficiency. It's the kidneys, but it's also the channels, the main channels that become very deficient. And once those are deficient, the entire body kind of collapses into deficiency. And then in terms of women's health, then the liver chi doesn't move properly to move the blood. And the whole cycle happens where you'll have pain, cramping, excessive bleeding, or sometimes it'll go the other way and, and it'll be 
you won't have the period. So it just depends on what's happening. It's usually there's not enough energy and the energy is not moving like it yeah. should be. Yeah. yeah. And when and you say channels, is, is that the same thing as the energy meridian pathways that acupuncturists work with? Exactly. I use the exact same points. Qigong is, and Chinese medicine, they're based on the same system. They all came out of the same tradition. It's been around for thousands of years. Yeah. And some of the books that I know we had in our textbooks in class, they're about three inches thick and there's five of them. And this is just like a little peek into the thousands of years old ancient wisdom and research and practice and study. <laughs> and this modality, it's pretty amazing. You know, I used to get acupuncture done and it would, I would go and it would, it would hurt because, you know, opening up the channels and forcing it, like the needle itself didn't hurt too much, but I'd come home and I'd flop on my couch and I would drool because I'd just be so tired from the chi being forced to move. But you're doing, you're helping the chi to move without the use of actual physical needles. To me, it felt like a gentler process, but also effective. Nice, I can be at home and I, I don't, you know, drool, sleep after. <laughs> Each process has its own place, but it's interesting that we can do this work without needles as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's the same. I mean, acupressure, it can be done without needles. Directing and emitting energy is is exactly the same as needles. And you, you can do a surface emission or you can go deep. You can direct downwards or upwards, purge, mm -hmm. everything. I mean, it's the same. I think it's quite often a deeper treatment. After a Qigong treatment, it really depends on the type of treatment. It, it can actually wipe you out for several hours, especially purging. You're literally going through a detox. So you will yeah. have various reactions. A woman I've been working with since December, the first few sessions I worked with her, she would go through twitching her whole, her legs, her feet, her... Her entire body would twitch on the table. And um, the first time I worked on her, all night, her body just twitched all night long. It just kept moving. And this is the energy opening up and moving through her body. So you have to be ready if you're going to have a treatment to actually do nothing for the rest of the day. Because if there's some strong purging or opening of the channels or energy going where there virtually was no flow before, there'll be various actions in your in the body, and it'll be very physical. Some people actually have incredibly vivid dreams during the treatment or after the treatment. What's, what's happening in the energetic level is also affecting their emotions, their mind. It's all energy that's interconnected. Yeah, yeah their psyche and their spiritual aspect. It's, it's so interesting, you know, the things that we think and feel are also so interconnected to what's going on in our body and our energy and our organ systems. I've seen people who've gotten surgery and they have really difficult emotional experience after because um, the meridian pathways have been cut in the surgery. The liver is overrun with processing things and it processes the emotions as well as filters and cleans the blood of toxins so 
all of a sudden when the liver is burdened, then all emotions become overwhelming. And <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny. It's like we, 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 we support the organ systems and it also addresses things like overwhelm yeah. and it can help with things like anxiety and depression when we release these, these blockages. Yeah. Yeah. Something that I noticed too, when I, since I've been doing my Qigong exercises, it's been giving me more energy physically, but I also feel just so light emotionally. Like I'll go outside for a walk and I just look at everything. My, my husband laughs at me. Dave laughs at me because he's like, every time we go out, you say it's a beautiful day, no matter what kind of day it is. <laughs> like it is, it's a beautiful day. Look at those trees. <laughs> I just like feel happy. <laughs> That's good. It's well. Yeah, it's because your body's functioning, right? And you don't have mm -hmm. that turbidity and toxicity in you. So yes. you're lighter. Everything's lighter. Everything's brighter. Like when I work on people and I step into them, I can see the darkness or the, the gray. And I literally can see on one side. It's quite common for me to step in. And I can just see the darkness on this side. And it, it's just because... They've got some sort of a constriction down on the ankle and the chi isn't flowing out. So it's just building up, building up, building up. And mm -hmm. it's just as a matter of just basically opening up the, the feet and going whoosh, and just directing it. And then it clears itself. But that's how you see it going outside, right? Because you don't have that turbidity that you're having to look through. Yeah, it's just like the the filter that grays out the world is not there, and it's so much easier to see the beauty of the world. Yeah, we were briefly chatting about this before we started recording about just you know things popping into people's energy fields. It was like, oh, that wasn't there last week. Where did this thing come from? Let's clear it out. It's like <laughs> I almost think of it as like energetic hygiene. Like we take a shower every day to clean our body, but then there's our energy field. And wouldn't it be great if we had this like normalized in our society where we learn how to like feel energy in our body and release things that are yeah. blocking it. Yeah. With a little bit of practice, you can do this yourself. It's like you can set the energy by controlling your Wei Chi field and you can change the, the space around you by pulling in different, the higher frequency energies in the, in your outer field that will change the space. Because energy in your outer fields are connected to the liver and the, the heart, which are the more spiritual energies connected to Shen. Uh, there are higher frequencies or different colors, but they also come with a set of emotions that are yang. They're positive emotions. Like in terms of electrical charge, you have negative and positive. So negative is, is very physical or low vibration type energy, which are the, the slower emotions like grief or fear or worry, OCD type rage, anger. And then you have the higher set of emotions, which are from the liver, for example, compassion, kindness, or from the heart, which is peace order. So if you're to, to tap into those emotions and those organs and bring them and just all you have to do is think about them and they will come out and they will fill just basically your, your outer field will start activating and the universal chi or the chi that is up there, the cosmic chi will automatically come and and it will move out from your Wei Chi field and fill 
the space and it'll move towards the negative because it's electrical <laughs> and uh, it will change the space. So the people, you know, with other people in that space, it will transition and change the way their emotions are coming. It will give you, you yourself will change because you've automatically used intention to change the emotion. So your whole state of being will change almost just like that, just by tapping into those high frequency emotions. Or actually, I shouldn't call them emotions, virtues, I should call them. Yeah. A compassion, kindness. And is, is it as simple as just thinking of compassion and kindness and just letting yourself feel that for no reason at all and let that kind of radiate out from you, filling your energy field? Yeah, exactly. Compassion is, it's like flipping a switch. It's, you can have compassion for something in any situation. If there's someone who's, who's crying, you can have compassion for, if there's someone who's, you know, just in this total worrisome fret, you can have compassion for. So it's, it's almost like you flip the switch and Mm. you can just touch your liver and you can just go into compassion and it doesn't matter where you are. You should, it's so easy to, to actually tap into that compassion. The heart, it would be much more difficult because they're, they're more difficult virtues of peace and harmony. It's really difficult to tap into your heart in the midst of chaos. So I always suggest that people go to the liver. And if they can't do that, then think about Guan Yin. That will change immediately as well. Just bring that energy down. Just all you have to do is think about the goddess of mercy. And that will change the energy around you as well. Mm, I love Kuan Yin. Yeah. I remember years ago when we were in training and our teacher had all of these different deities and gods and goddesses, pictures up on the wall. And we're walking by and I was like, oh, and I walked by Kuan Yin's image and she spoke to me, the only one that day and like very loud and clear, like, oh, wow, you're here. Okay. Hello. (laughs) Very (laughs) compassionate, loving being. And just to, so Wei Qi, that's someone's energy field, like their energetic field that radiates out from them. And that extends beyond the physical body. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's the place that we want to have filled with our Qi, our energy. And as we do that, then we don't get other stray stuff collecting in our field. Yeah. (laughs) It is your outer fields. They're the protective fields within you, within your body. They, they are part of you. They are you. They're your energy, and the further out you go, the purer the energy. And you want to keep them strong. No matter where you are, you need to have your Wei Qi fields there because they are your boundaries. If your Wei Qi fields are kind of collapsing inwards, you'll feel threatened. You'll feel very vulnerable. But all you need to do is think of a positive uh, virtue, and it will just activate and you'll be you'll have your you know if you need boundaries or if you need you need your own space for example it will be there as soon as you activate it makes me think of um a kind of meditation meta meditation or called loving kindness meditation people just meditate feeling loving kindness 
just feeling it for somebody, someone, something, themselves, just radiating loving kindness. And I just imagine what their energy fields are like, people who practice that, you know, every day. What a, what a beautiful way to, um, yeah. to bring beautiful energy into the world, but it also would be very, um, very protective because it would keep your energy very cleansed. Like their energetic hygiene is on point, <laughs> I think, yeah. with that. Yeah. 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 But it's also, it's also a way of transforming other energies. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, because, so, so. yeah, it's just when it touches, when you feel, it, a good example is when you walk into a room and there's someone, and there's always somebody who's really warm. You, you know, you know that they're this warm, open, loving person just you don't even have to see them. Mm -hmm. You all you have to do is sense them, mm -hmm. and as soon as you sense them, you change. Yes, it's the best feeling. And it's yeah, it's that frequency. It just you know, and if you if you can kind of activate your own and bring down the the energy, it will eventually go out and transform. It's like using this to set the intention to change the space. Yeah, beautiful. That's yeah. And it's like a practice. It starts just feeling the compassion and seeing it grow and letting it grow from there. And I, I remember um, when we used to go to these other yoga classes, our favorite teacher, she was just like that. She was just so loving and warm and kind. And in class, she would say every class, like the beginning of class, you welcome people, get the people into the energy. And she would say, I think it was beginning or end. I love you to everybody in class, like collectively, but you could feel the energy of it was like, she really meant it. And it was so touching to have this one, this person you don't really know, but just this unconditional love radiating out from them. And it's just, it was just such a beautiful transformative energy and experience to be in just, you know, washing in this person's love. It's just amazing. Yeah. yeah. It's just, you know, it's, it's that, frequency from that virtue or emotion it's universal it's just all surrounding everything everything is full even the furniture the you know my laptop my books mm -hmm. <laughs> they're all they're all radiating and or moving to that frequency mm. it's beautiful so it's that vibration of of the frequency beautiful frequency to fill yourself with and to fill your, yeah. your space or your home with too. Yeah. When you have compassion, you have compassion for the world. Well, on that note, we'll begin wrapping it up, but this has been beautiful. Is there anything else that you want to share? Any messages you'd want for people to know about, you know, healing or well-being or energy or? I think for the most part to really understand qigong and what qi is you actually have to look inwards and you also in order to feel qi you have to have qi so if you've never worked with qigong before don't be afraid if you can't feel it it just means that you don't have enough qi in your body built up so that you can actually recognize what it is so maybe go and take some tai chi or qigong or some sort of um, form that actually, and actually it could be yoga. Yoga builds chi as well, or meditation will build chi. Mm -hmm. Just 
take some beginner courses and start building the chi in your body. And that will enable you to feel chi, which is you're basically feeling a vibration, a frequency of energy. Thank you. Yeah. It's like, it's like an awakening of the energetic field of like awakening to learn how to feel this it dimension is. of, of life. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's an amazing, amazing thing. Like just by running one hand over the other, I can feel it's just an incredible feeling of feeling the chi. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful. And so people can find you so they can find you in the mentorship coming up in may you're working with our current mentor group which is wonderful because we do such powerful shifting and spiritual and shamanic and transformative work and it takes a lot of chi to do that and so i'm just so happy that you are there helping to support the group to them lift their energy up so they become stronger and everything that we move through becomes lighter and easier by extension in their lives too so really happy to have you here i feel like it's such an integral part of healing and transformation and energy work and spiritual work and emotional work is just having this strong foundation and i feel like the, the qigong is just so good at creating that it, it's so nice to be able to teach people how to connect because connecting is quite easy it's just for the first time to actually connect up there and be be there is is quite eye-opening because it's it's an amazing feeling i absolutely love doing what i do mm. i know i can tell <laughs> it shows <laughs> um well and on that note too if people want to book a one-on-one -on -one session with you they can find more information about you at mindbodyfree.com slash jeanette which is j-e-a-n-e-t-t-e -E -T -T -E. so two t's one n <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good. well thank you for being here my dear it's been a pleasure yeah well thanks for inviting me it was fun all right i hope you enjoyed this episode of the mind body free podcast as much as i did I love getting to connect with Jeanette. She's such a light, joyful spirit, and I'm so grateful for how much she's helped me and for all that she's doing in the mentorship program. And if you feel called to heal, to come home to yourself, to learn some tools for awakening the healer within you and your deeper purpose here on earth, and to do that alongside a loving accepting open-hearted community then the mentorship program could be right for you you can learn more at mindbodyfree.com and you are welcome to schedule a free discovery call so you can see if this is right for you sending my love till next time <laughs>